Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best John Williams theme. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Okay, I need to start with a very important question <laughs> for our guest, John Dinerstein. Hi guys. You all know him, you love him, you love yeah, his Yeah, we're music. getting right into this. We're getting right into Can this. Can we borrow $93,000? <laughs> Would that be possible? Uh, well, not yet. I haven't gotten it yet. Oh, oh come uh, Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to the show and welcome. And our guest today, you have heard his name on every episode of our show. So yes. kind of you. Um, well, so kind of you kind to of provide you, us with, with music. Um, it is, it is our composer, our dear friend and four time, very recent Jeopardy champion. Yes. Oh. Uh, Jonathan Dinerstein. A pleasure, guys. Finally. I'm so happy to be on your show. This is very exciting. No, we're here. We were going to do uh, John Best John Williams Score, but of course, John has a podcast called Settling the Score, where it's he true. discusses... You're going through the AFI's list of top scores. That's right. So we're the AFI you know, puts out all these lists of different things, different yes. you know, movie, genre, movie genres, actors, mm-hmm. lines. Uh, so they have a list of scores that they actually put out in 2005, and there was a concert at the Hollywood Bowl that I went to. Mm-hmm. I was there. Were you there too? I was there as well. It was a great concert. Ooh, right? It was a wonderful concert. So at the concert. John Malcherry. That's right. He conducts the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra, and he gave a little speech introducing each score, mm-hmm. uh, and then that was the reveal for what the numbers on the list were uh, of their list of the top scores. And I was you know, sitting there guessing along. And anyway, my, my buddy Andy and I now do this podcast where we're analyzing and talking about and saying what we think about uh, all these scores and we play all the music. I'm glad that this show is right out of the gate uh, a plug for it because... Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Well, people need to know. We, yeah. we certainly, we brought you on because you are not only our friend and not only witty, but a, a musical <laughs> genius. We'll say it. You don't have yeah. to... You can accept it. You don't have to toot your horn. We're By going the way, to toot your horn. You just play your piano. We'll toot your horn. Over, over John's uh, shoulder right now is his Emmy Award. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, also because you have a great podcast where, where you discuss film scores, which I know everybody is passionate. Everybody has a film score that they love. So it's a great chance to, uh, hear actual in-depth ad- analysis from people who score things. And that is why we are not going to talk about yeah, score. Yeah, I know, I know yes. you had somebody suggested that we talk mm-hmm. about best John Williams score, which, yes. you know, that's a great topic. I would love to talk about it. And in fact, on I, your own show. I do talk about it <laughs> yes. on my own show. So yeah. I don't want to get, when, when is this going to come out? Do you know? This will be out in, uh, in two days. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to put it out in two days. <laughs> so unless That's... John Williams uh, scores so, another movie that is released and is epically wonderful in the next two so days. So we have not yet gotten up to the number one score on the AFI's list, Ooh. which is in fact... A John Williams score? Uh, it is Star Wars. Sure. Uh, so I don't want to give away... A possible contender. A possible contender yeah. on this episode. Absolutely. Be, but It would be mad if we chose something different here anyway. So let's... Mm. Right. So we're just talking about his themes. Right. So should we talk about what that means? Yes. What is it? Yeah. What is, um, musically inform us? We do not play music. We play a little music, but we sure. are no masters as you are. Uh, 
what 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 it makes a first of all what makes a theme a theme and what makes a theme a great theme yeah okay well i think uh, just uh, easily a theme is i would say a melody mm-hmm. uh a bit of a bit of musical material including a recognizable melody which represents something Okay. Often a character, but sometimes also an idea or a location or just something that is represented with a, a bit of musical material. Okay, cool. So I'm excited then additionally in this to figure out what different themes represent. Yeah. Well, I think that's to your second question. What makes a great theme mm-hmm. is some is music that instantly calls to mind and totally puts you in the spirit of whatever the thing is that it's supposed to represent. Right. And you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody better at that specific task. There are a lot of great composers out there. uh, But John Williams has got to be top of the list. Yeah, I was thinking. I wonder if you could do a similar thing for really anybody else. I mean, the list of iconic themes that he has written. I remember when I was a kid just marveling at, wait, the same guy wrote that and that and that? Yeah. And like... What got you yeah. into scoring films? Because you are you also, in addition to having a podcast about it, you score. That's right. Television. I do. That's what the I, Emmy behind your shoulders for. I do. Right um, what got you into it? Uh, I've studied music my whole life, and I always loved working with music. But I also loved movies, and I loved the idea of using music uh, as part of storytelling and treating it as a craft that where I, I like having an assignment. Uh, <laughs> right, right. You're yeah. not just staring at a blank page. Right. You're staring at a blank page with a time code yeah, and exactly. pictures and, <laughs> uh, and uh, stories to tell. Sorry, I wasn't, I was not aimed correctly at the mic. This yes. is an odd setup that we have right now because I, instead of the three of us being <laughs> in an exact circle, it's like Hal and I on the other side of a table and you are, of course, behind a piano. Yes. Uh, so I feel like we are getting, uh, it feels like the end of the night in a bar where there's one table right by the piano. Like, hey, uh, hey, Johnny. <laughs> hey, a uh, barkeep. What can I get you, pal? Give me, uh, give me another bourbon. Make it a double. Rocks. We only got a single left. Can I mix in some water? No, I'm mixing some gin. We're out of gin. Johnny, play that song I love. That theme. Play the hey Johnny. Play the play the best movie theme of all time. Oh hey, wait a minute. <laughs> no, hey, what are you doing? So I'm trying to short circuit this. I, I'm trying to think how we should break this up, and this is kind of what makes sense to me. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah. One is uh, I think we can do just the world of Star Wars because there are a ton okay. of themes there. Sure. Oh, then, that's interesting. That is interesting. I didn't, I, I, I didn't I expect Star that. Wars would be one thing. Whoa, but there are so many. There are so many, so many themes. themes in Star Wars. That's one of the great things about the score of Star Wars. Actually. That really mm-hmm. kind of launched my my passion when I was a kid, you know, realizing that all of the different things in Star Wars had recognizable music that mm-hmm. goes with it and that meant those things. Uh, kind of puzzling that out for myself. I mean, it's not it's pretty pretty common, I think, for for people to yes. get into that when they were kids. But that really did, you know, that was formative for me in in thinking about what to do with music. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're wearing a T-shirt with Figure and Dan and the Modal Notes. That's right. On it, yeah. So uh, Figure and Dan and the Modal Notes, the yes. band in the most obviously, Cantina. Yeah. In fact, I have uh, Paul and Scott Aukerman here with me to sing the theme. Oh, <laughs> and take it away, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, let me make a distinction and see if I've got this right. Just so we, just so I'm sure I know what we're working with. Yep. Let's just start in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, to make sure I understand the difference between theme and score. Quick, I w- is it safe to say that Peter and the Wolf 
is a score made up entirely of themes because each character has its own piece. Yeah, that's a great example. Peter okay. and the Wolf is, a, is you know, one of the main progenitors of the idea of associating specific tunes and, in that case, specific instruments great. playing those tunes with the characters mm-hmm. in the story. And that's so Tchaikovsky? It's, nope. Uh, it's Prokofiev. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I meant. That's, that's who you said. <laughs> you were just coughing. Yes. Now, my, <laughs> my favorite piece of music in Star Wars is, uh-huh. is the music in the, uh, in the Chase in the Asteroid field. Yeah. But that is not a theme. Well, yeah, it's got a little bits of themes in it. Right. But no, yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful piece of scoring. Yeah. And I, I'm so glad you said that because – so I, a score is all of the music that gets composed originally to match up with a movie. Right. And yeah, all throughout Star Wars, there's so much great action music, battle music that is specific to that moment in the film but does not contain – Necessarily, rep, you know, representational right. nuggets of things. At the end of the asteroid field, it goes but up, but up, and then it plays the uh, Han, the love theme for Han and Leia. Yes, that shows up at the end of that cue. Yes. but uh, that's when they escape and and get away. Right, it, th- that piece doesn't come back. But the princess and the scoundrel, which I think is the name of that, All right. might be the name of that piece. I, who knows? On, on whatever soundtrack you bought. Yeah, that's right. Sure. <laughs> it's what I made up in my head. It was, it uh, was you named the tracks yourself on a mixtape when you were eight. Yeah, it's the all princess written. and the scoundrel. It's only ever been written down like that once, and in pencil, <laughs> and on a Maxell. And all of the vowels are backwards. <laughs> uh, but that is a theme. That is an iconic theme because it's brought back – it's brought back even in The Force Awakens when they see each other. Yes, in, exactly. So the themes in Star Wars are go, go from movie to movie and they represent the things and they're used in lots of different situations in the movie. That's another great thing that, that you can do with themes and that Williams does with themes. Can uh, I, I – let me ask you a question about um, seamlessness of themes because okay. as a kid, I never really – I never really connected – like I get super engrossed in a movie and always have when I watch a movie that it's all one piece to me. Mm-hmm. That it's not a – it's not um, – I'm not eating separate things individually on my plate. Um, so do you want to notice a theme or do you want a theme to subconsciously – um, do you want a theme to when a character enters or something is going to happen? Like you just played that. I never would have connected consciously that, that, uh, that's the Han and Leia theme. But I know that to a mind of a person who does this, you go, Oh, I see what that's doing. That's saying that this is Han and Leia's theme. Like, do you want an audience to notice a theme? Yeah, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And there's, yeah, definitely. I don't think even John Williams expects the audience to be following along with the chart and say, right. Oh, that's him. And like, I've heard him tell stories where he's really surprised when little kids come up to him and, you know, say things to him. Like, I heard you use this theme in this spot. And it's like, I, that's for me to think about. I, yeah, right. just, I just want you to enjoy it. And so really the, yeah, the important thing is for you to enjoy it. And I think it does work subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think it's a, an enormous benefit to the, task of composing right. to have this material to go back to to uh tie into the emotions in the situations interesting so if you have a bunch of themes it makes it easier to be like okay this character's coming yeah. in now so right but then you also have to think about what to do with the themes uh, you know it, I, it's not just good enough to uh to play the themes for exactly who's on the screen. Okay. That's Peter and the Wolf. Right. Sure. But then, I mean, look, he does all kinds of stuff with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about uh, Star Wars themes. Like, for example, uh, my, I, I think my favorite 
theme out of the whole Star Wars universe is uh, the Force theme. Okay. Um, and What's the Force theme. Yeah. Well, you've heard it in many, many different guises. It's this is the melody. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, like for example, that's the tune that you hear for the binary sunset when Luke is staring off mm-hmm. into uh, the binary sunset over Tatooine. And it's I never, this... I never heard that called the binary sunset, but I love well, it. Well, that's the name of the cue <laughs> if you bought the soundtrack, like Hal did. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have it. <laughs> I also took the BuzzFeed quiz. Are you princess or a scoundrel? <laughs> the answer might surprise you. It starts off with his gorgeous English horn. He's looking at it, and then the the best orchestra entrance, uh, you know, or, or enormous string section. So, so that represents like the call to adventure, right. his his, his yearning, hero's quest his hero's moment. quest, yeah. exactly. And it's the theme for you know the force, and it's what you hear when Obi Wan's telling him all about. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but but then that same that same piece that same material comes back again and it turns into the throne room at the end of the movie. Is that a hallmark of a good theme? Is that in different styles yeah. it works really well? You can well? use it in different styles. So the and theme really is just that mel- just the melody. Right. The theme is that, that melody and those chords going by. And yeah, you can do so many different things with it. And when you hear the same thing as when he was staring off into the sunset and dreaming of adventure, then you wouldn't hear it at the triumphant conclusion of his mm-hmm. triumphant adventures. Uh, even if you didn't recognize that it was the same, that you were hearing the same material, I think it absolutely has a subconscious, a psychological effect of, you know, the, the stuff that we cared about the whole time right. is triumphant and. Well, let's talk about the Star Wars themes then. Okay. Uh, if, if we're starting, if we're, we're covering just John Williams. Yeah. Um, and his, and his themes. And there are so many in the yeah. Star Wars universe. Sure. I assume there's the, the fanfare would be a theme. Yeah. That's the main title theme, yes. and it's also Luke's theme. Yes. So that, yeah. Now, Darth Vader had a, had a sting in the first that da 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 da. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. That's, that's how you knew Darth Vader was on screen. Mm-hmm. But then it became the Imperial March. Which was only written for Empire Strikes Back. Right. And I, yeah, I really? think. Really? The Imperial March isn't in the first movie? No, it's, it's not. not appear, yeah. Man. So I, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> You guys know way more about Star Wars than I do, first of all. <laughs> I know I, the second most. I listen here. to your Star Wars episode. You, you guys know plenty. <laughs> yeah. Don't, he, don't play dumb. He knows all about Spock. Just ask I know, him all, yeah, I know everything about Spock. Yeah. <laughs> Miss, uh, Doctor, Doctor Spock, the baby yeah. guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's, uh, let's, if we could have, uh, how many themes? I mean, I know there's a million themes in Star Wars, yeah. but of major themes. Right. And or, or let's take a look at the let's well, look at let, the let's, whole. Let's let's use you as a test case cuz I okay. was going to suggest that I, an important uh an important criterion for a great theme is mm. that anybody can sing it if you, if if prompted. Ooh, that's so, great. I like that. So, I mean, I'm playing all this stuff in the piano, but let's uh let's take it easy on myself here. Yeah. And make you, so if somebody says uh, Darth Vader's theme, Imperial March. Dun, 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 That's it. Yeah. So, like, the, I, the fact that that is just universal, you can sing that, everybody knows what it means when you right. sing that, everybody knows what to sing in order to mean that. Right. That's a, that's a great theme. Sidebar, yeah. at your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
What was the music in your wedding as you came down the aisle? Or it, it was it was the throne room music. It was that, the throne room music. Yeah, that's, right. yeah, no. that's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay, that was just a quick sidebar. Um, all right, so there's one theme. There's the imperial theme. There's the main yeah. title theme. There is uh, that the force theme. Yeah. There is the uh, the princess and the scoundrel. The, yes. that, I'm the sorry. Hot- show some respect. The general and the scoundrel. <laughs> Yo, sorry. So that's the Han and Leia love theme, which is it's based off of Leia's theme, mm-hmm. which is from the first movie. Yeah, oh. which still that also persists. She has her own. theme. Oh, absolutely, that persists. Uh, I'm a big fan of Yoda's theme. So good. Yeah. yeah. This, that's not it, one that's oh, not one it gives that, me goosebumps. The hair raises up. It's beautiful. Yeah. But it's not one of the ones that you go, what's Darth Vader's theme? Dun, 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 right. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So the best is recognizability, flexibility mm. as well. Sure. Or, or uh, versatility. Yeah. Probably a better uh-huh. way to say it. Cause and, and I think also uh, uh, I want to throw into the criteria mm-hmm. uh, representation-ability. Like the, mm-hmm. the degree to which it evokes what it is about immediately. Sure. It makes you think about what – that thing is and right. calls it to mind. Are there, the, the emperor has a theme. Yeah, he does. Uh, it's, it is, it's sung on a, a low male choir. Yeah. The, oh. But that's, see, that to me, I'm hearing, da, 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 like, it sounds a little bit like the, you know, it's, a, it's or, almost a counterpoint to that music because it's the dark side of the force. Ooh. In fact, ooh, good, <laughs> good, yeah. Uh, oh man, that that performance, like the emperor, it's, it's like they went to Britain and said, um, "Hey, Royal Shakespeare Company, who's the guy that even you guys look at and go, geez, that guy's a ham." <laughs> Not from a Jedi. Yeah, he had to audition even back in '82 with that Dark Plagueis yeah. monologue. Oh God, Darth Plagueis the Wise. So, can we think of any more that came out of that the Star Wars world? Anything super iconic? I mean, Cloud City's got a fun that dun 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 dun. Sure. Yeah. Would you consider the Cantina a song or a theme? That's a song, yeah, okay. because you don't hear it outside of the Cantina. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It's great, yeah. but it doesn't. It's uh, you know, it's playing. It's what's it's what's called source music, which means it's actually in the movie. Right, the characters. It can is hear the characters it. are the characters can hear it. Oh, right. That's a, that's are you original Sai Snoodles in the Max Rebo band or the the updated song with the singing hairball? <laughs> Shut up, nerd. I, I don't. I definitely don't hate the updated one as much as it. Seems like everybody wants to hate it. Sure, the update, but, that's the uh, in, J- in Jabba the Hutt's palace. Yeah, yeah. the they add a guy who like clears his throat before he sings. I just want him to catch fire <laughs> so badly. There's got to be some fire. I never see any fire down there. There's I always, some, I, like, I remember watching that and thinking that was the same band from Captain EO. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, isn't that Hooter from Captain EO? And they didn't do another part of me, so no. they. Get out! Another part of me. <laughs> so the winner is Captain EO. Uh, <laughs> I don't, is there anything? Totally is there anything worth taking from the prequels in terms yeah. of score? Like oh, I Duel mean, of the Fates. Duel or? of the Fates, which is um, uh, oh yeah, and it's got the chorus, Cora, Rantama, on yeah. top. 
And I think that I always say that if Phantom Menace hadn't been this pariah of the Star Wars world mm-hmm. that everybody wants to forget all about, then Duel of the Fates would have absolutely entered the lexicon of, you know, you would hear it on commercials, you would hear it in movie really? trailers all the time. It would just be like one of those. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's neat. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, that kind of got short shrift because its movie was uh, so despised. <laughs> um, but then again, uh you know, you'd, it's hard to say what it means. Like, it's I guess it's for Darth Maul. Right. It doesn't really have a, a representation that, you know, it's not representing anything yeah. that, that is easy to talk about. Right. And again, as we're looking for what is the absolute best. Yeah. And so right now we've got I just our, wanted to name check that and say that it's uh, it's better than its movie. But Yes. Uh, and I'm sure there are a lot of movie themes and oh, yeah. scores that are better than their yeah, movies are. Yes, absolutely. Um, so... But again, I keep coming back to dun 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 yeah. is pretty wonderful. I mean, let's pull one out of Star Wars and then we'll move on. Yeah. We have to pull one? I think we should pull one. I because, think we have uh, to pull because we're only going to be able to look, we've got right. a lot there's of, a lot to cover. We have a lot of John yeah. Williams to yeah. cover. I I would actually argue in favor of the force theme. Okay. I only think I was gonna say that too. It has so many different uses. Also the the note upon which it ends will always is different based on where it's going next. Yeah, like the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You go down and you loop back in. Yes. Yeah, so, uh look, you're speaking my language. I love the force theme. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the force theme is what has to come out of this. Although I will give I just want to give credit to that main fanfare, mm-hmm. the opening uh the opening orchestration just because it taught me that and the Superman uh, the main Superman theme taught me the difference between a fifth and a fourth. It's true. Yeah, me too. That, yeah, okay, okay. Explain, right? was, explain. When I was in, uh, you know, beginning music theory classes, that was my mnemonic. Absolutely. So a lot of John Williams themes begin with, at least from this era, would often begin with a big opening interval. So uh, the beginning of Star Wars goes bum, dum, but this, the first thing that you hear is dun, dun, that's a fifth. Da, da, da. So the distance in musical terms between this note and this note is a fifth. Uh, it's the same fifth that is the beginning of E.T. and the other E.T. themes. So those all begin with a fifth. The f- uh, the force theme begins with a force. Is, does anybody going to care about this? This is so nerdy, right? Keep going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So that first interval in the fourth theme is bum bum. That is a fourth. Mm-hmm. The Leia themes begin with a six. Uh, oh man, uh, it's blowing my mind. See math and music. Yeah, this is awesome. Math and magic. Uh, um, all right, so it's the fourth theme. Yes. Yeah, and I think yeah. So just to recap, it's because. It it shows up in some of the most memorable musical moments of the movie. It represents something great and memorable itself, and it, you, it's easy to hum. Mm-hmm. It's easy to associate with what it's about, and it's versatile. Awesome. Well, so that's yeah. So that's Star Wars. We now, have the Force I mean, theme. The Force theme is what we're bringing out of Star Wars. I mean, I, look, I I hear everybody yelling that it, sh- it should be the 
main titles. The, yeah. No, the, the, the Imperial. Imperial yeah. Death March, yeah. So, too bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> here, here's what I suggest we do. Okay. I suggest we do TV. Okay. Then take a break. Then do Spielberg. Oh, boy. Which, oh and gosh, I think those so will much. be our three final. We can do TV and miscellaneous because he has uh-huh. done work outside of. Sure. Outside mm. of it. But I think it's Spielberg, Star Wars. Well, those are the big I, ones. I, do you, would you, do you disagree? No, except that we don't want to. We don't want to not mention Harry Potter and no, well, Home that, Alone, and that's. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do. We have. Uh, we'll have a miscellaneous, which is neither Spielberg nor Lucas. We should have okay. done this before TV. we started recording. Uh-huh. By the way, let's do. Let's do TV because I think that is a is a shorter list of top sure uh, top themes. Then we, I can think of two. Then we'll do miscellaneous, which to me I think will boil down ultimately to something like Home Alone versus Harry something like Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. And it'll be which Harry Potter theme are we yeah. is it going well, to be? All right, and great. then we'll do. So we'll we're take done a with break, that one already. And then we'll I'll do Spielberg. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to all of our listeners out there, thanks for sitting with us while we did this thing that we probably should have written down and done before. You know what? They like the inside baseball stuff. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the lab, me, everybody. Have you Welcome guys ever done this ahead of time? I guess that's true. We usually <laughs> just do every now, once in a while. We do it ahead of time, and then when we get on the air, we go, "No, let's do it like yeah. this." <laughs> You've known us a very long time. Yeah, I think you can tell we don't plan yeah. particularly well. We were both late coming here. Yeah, in and the, I was in later the, than Mark. What dozen, fifteen years that we've known you? Um, yeah, when have we ever been the guys that were planned like Boy Scouts? Well, yeah. I was impressed that you were both late by pretty much exactly the same amount. Yeah. Sure. Well, we've synced up. Yeah. yeah. That's happened over the last four years. We've been together long enough. Yeah, yeah it happens. So Fair sometimes we're pheromones. both in a bad mood. Yeah. yeah. So so TV. Okay. The, I there, I can think of two. Yeah. That that immediately pop into mind, and yes. that is the Olympic theme and NBC Nightly News. Yep. Those are, I, I agree. Those are the the two ones. Those are the. Want to give us a taste? Can you, play, can you play them for us? Uh. Okay. Well, John Williams has written a lot of music for the Olympics, mm-hmm. uh, but. I think it's important to say he did not write. Right. Yeah. That's the main Olympic fanfare. Mm-hmm. Now, he's arranged that. Right. And the version that you hear playing at the top of every Olympics broadcast on NBC is his arrangement of that. And then it goes into what he did write. He was commissioned to write it for the 84 Los Angeles Olympics. Right. Uh, and that's the thing that goes... Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And then you have like Bob Costas going like, losers from all over the world have arrived in Tahiti. They took the wrong plane. And so we're going to cut to ice skating here in Nagano. Next, an interview with the shirtless Tongan. He's got a name. We know. Yes. I, I used to, I played in my college marching band mm-hmm. and, uh, the brass would go off and, and play that, that fanfare and they would separate themselves so that the trumpets would stand like way back in the stands on one side and then the low brass trombones tubas on the other side. So the trumpets would go. And then we would all wait for the. <laughs> you, played, you played piano in the marching That's band. That's right, what piano marching band. Like? Yeah. <laughs> was it Tavi? Uh, yeah, the wheels were much smaller than I thought they should be. They yeah. should have just given you a guitar. <laughs> well, I, I refused. <laughs> um, the other probably major theme. And this one I think is now knowing that because I did not know that John Williams did not write that main Olympic theme, it's which true. I thought was his. And, and look, he has other Olympic themes that he wrote for other Olympic ceremonies mm. that you also hear in the broadcast. That one I hear constantly. Uh, 
and is great. Yeah. They're all over the place. Sure. And, and there's, there's many more actually mm-hmm. that I don't remember. Uh, so they don't <laughs> win. Yeah, of course. But let's uh, say it's 6 p.m. on any given day of the week. I just want to know what's happening in the world. I'm going to turn on NBC Nightly News. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be it. I mean, right? It's hard to beat that because it just sounds like the news. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it's got it, gravity. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's got the little, uh, the high notes at the beginning are like, hey, we're going to give you some yeah, dog yeah, stories. It's urgency. We're going to Ur- give you urgency. some dog stories. Urgency, but, but also like cheer and yeah. optimism. Cheer. Yeah. The things are bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's got to be the NBC nightly news. That comes yeah. out of TV over the Olympics, even though, yeah, the count against the Olympics is that the most iconically associated music with the Olympics right. isn't. Who this. wrote that? Do you know? Uh, a guy named Leo Arno. Is it 20th century? or It's this 20th century. Okay. Uh, I thought it was Tchaikovsky. I yeah. was, was wrong about that one. No, it was Prokofiev. Provokiev. I'm not allowed to say that on the top of the, the radio. Like, like, come on, do something. Come on. <laughs> hey, come on. Provokiev. What, you like music? Come on. Nerd. Is it Prokofiev? <laughs> no, it's Provokiev now. Provokiev. Yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 make a song. Hey, I don't, I don't hey, think it was hey. either of the names you said. <laughs> Wait, what is it? It was Nabokov. <laughs> I know who it is. Oh, I know a lot about music. So it was played on a toy piano? Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> gross. Um, let's so gross. take a break. And uh, when we come back, we will discuss uh, the the work that uh, John Williams did for and with Steven Spielberg and the work that he did uh, outside of that. Uh, we'll be right back. Here's some commercials. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. <laughs> Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> A new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. Hey, it's Jesse, the host of Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. I'm coming to Portland, Oregon. We're going to be doing a very special live episode of Bullseye, my NPR interview show. It's taking place Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall. What are you going to see if you go to Portland, Oregon to see this show? You will see me live on stage talking with folks like Corin Tucker from Slater Kinney, director Lance Bangs, writer Bill Oakley, Simpsons legend. Uh, We will also have live music from Roseblood and live comedy from Katie Wen. It's going to be a blast and a half. It's also part of a big podcast festival called Listen Up Portland. Tons of other great podcasts are playing at it too. Our pals, the Doughboys, among others. So again, that's Friday, February 15th at Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon, 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at listenupportland.com. And thanks. Okay, we're back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It's, it's almost as if no time <laughs> yeah. has uh, passed at all. Almost. And yet here we are. You know, when you think of John Williams, you think of Star Wars. You think of Steven Spielberg, his mm-hmm. running buddy. But he has done other work. Um, 
probably the two we're starting most with the notable. Non, we're starting I, with I, the non-Spielbergs? Yes. I think we should start non-Spielberg sure. and then go into it. So we're That's bookending I, I, I remembered another non-Spielberg oh. one that I think is going to win now, actually. Oh, well, the, t- the two that That's going to win the whole of. thing? No, that's going to win the non-Spielberg. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, very excited. Well, we have the, the work in the Harry Potter films, which is loaded with themes. Because that, I mean, that main Harry Potter theme... Dun, 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 dun. Can you play that? Because I don't know. People won't even. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Oh, Harry. I had oh, to no. get one in there. Oh, I, I had to, to stick one in. in. By the way, somebody on Twitter played a clip of his audiobook, <laughs> and it's accurate. I'm not embellishing at all. That's what it sounded like. Uh, and then Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, that just makes it feel like Christmas. But isn't there also that? Oh yeah, probably. It's a lot of vocal. It's a lot of choral. It's Christmas themes. That's from that's from Mark Evan Jackson, who will never listen to this. Yeah. But you say you have something. Yeah, I think I mean, I we something... can delve into Harry Potter. I'm not, I'm not throwing it away, but Look, I want to hear. I, if we're taking one theme out of Harry Potter, it's definitely that. But what are some of the other ones that I'm going to immediately go? Um, oh yeah, that. Yep, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I'm sure there's many more. This is definitely the Harry Potter takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which oddly sounds if that if Harry Potter is his you know one hero's journey, uh, it does have a little bit of that force theme kind of. Well, it begins feel with to a it. fourth. Yeah, there you go. Ah, see? Look at my ear. Yeah. See? You know. Yeah. There's the force, and here's Harry Potter. Look, there's only so many notes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Is it safe to say he's used all of the notes? He's used every single note, man. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Is he in the Note Hall of Fame for yeah. that? <laughs> Thank goodness. All right, you have something. Do you want to just play it and see if we... And then we're going to go... Spark oh, to it immediately? Yeah. I hope it's eastbound and down. Go ahead. <laughs> nope, it is. Uh, Don't tell us the other movie that he wrote in 1982, Heart Beeps. Oh, what? No, great! <laughs> yeah, Bernadette Peters, Andy Kaufman, classic. They're robots, people. They fall in love. How does it happen? Oh my god! You actually know who's in that movie? That's yeah. the movie that Andy Kaufman is remembered for. Andy Kaufman fans go, yeah, he made a movie once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. Never Look, I love Andy Kaufman and I love Bernadette Peters. That movie, and yet, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, this is the I think clear winner in the non Spielberg theme okay. movie theme category. Oh, oh my God! I, I didn't even what? think that that. Yeah, of Why course. did I think of it as Spielberg? And he says nothing. Richard to do Donner. With it. That is, of course, the Superman theme. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. I, man, that is tough to beat. I, this is one of these things where I I'm I just marvel at. How did he think of that? Mm-hmm. How did that not already exist? How did he get to that first? Yeah. Because it's the, the most st- strong sounding notes you can think of is again, a f- the mm-hmm. fifth, which is a very, you know, powerful interval. There's just a fifth. And then there's only two notes there. He's only using the one and the five mm-hmm. there. And then he puts some other ones. Oh, the, uh, and then, and then it goes on. Is that all part of one theme? This is one theme, or is that a separate? I don't know how to. Because that opening suite is like a medley of all the the original motion picture is a medley of all the music. It has, it has "Can You Read My Mind" and right. it is Lois's. It is Lois's beautiful. Can you read my mind? Is the Can you read my mind? I like the. There is a See? version. I think it's the Don, might be the Donner cut where Margot Kidder is like in her mind. She's saying the lyrics to the song. Oh, really? Which are uh, she's like, "Can you read my mind?" 
Do you know what it is you do to me? Those are the lyrics to that song. I'm not kidding. But the great thing about the Superman theme is it says Superman in it. It goes, Superman. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, go on or watched it, go online and watch, uh, Andy Goldenberg, Golden Tusk. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watch that a lot. Uh, he adds lyrics no to. No longer am I just a man. I'll, I'll only go, go by Superman. Yeah. yeah. So great. I just remember, in my fortress of solitude. <laughs> yeah, he's lyrics to uh, all of the great uh, scores. It's very, very fun. Uh, yeah. Golden Tusk on YouTube. Um, but this yeah, is I a mean, classic, is... iconic score. Sorry, how, Harry Potter. How could anything be more iconic than... How did he get there yeah. first? Who, like... I don't know. what. I, like, what is the process? Generally... They've already started shooting footage. Mm-hmm. You're aware of, of what you're doing, but you're not really sc- – you're coming up with ideas, but you're not really scoring until you have footage. Is that That's correct? Right. Yeah, because what you're doing depends crucially on the timing of the picture. So the picture is almost always edited before the composer starts mm-hmm. writing to it. Yeah. I so love – It comes at the very end of the process, of the, the filmmaking process. The low string build to it. Man, I like – and then would dream of the day that I would run through a dirty city alley right. and open my shirt to reveal the Superman and then take off. Because that's – it's like the – yeah. Like he's becoming Superman. He's changing. And he, it da, – da, 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 like these little call-outs that are happening today. It's such a brilliant piece of yeah. music. Yeah. There's something at the end too. And it's I don't just, know – It has this perfection to it, you know, the which is what Superman is about. You know, the, yeah. the ideal. It's just so idealish. Yeah. So, and there's something beautiful, the tension of this, this is specifically at the end of the uh, at the end of that main theme piece. Like, I don't know if that main theme piece that uh, has been out in the world, if that's just if that is in its entirety in the movie at all. It's the opening credits. It's the opening credits. That, the that one thing. It's when it gets really busy at the end. But he builds tension in the end of that better than. Uh, in any other piece I think I've ever heard that. It's like the whole thing is one long seventh chord. It's just, yeah. like, or a great big drum roll. It uh, makes you want to run up a mountain and yeah. punch it into dust. Yeah. It gives you so much energy. Um, all right. That's, I feel that's, 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 gone, that's the finals, right? I just pictured finals, yeah. Superman punching Harry Potter into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. And oddly, one of the things Superman's susceptible to is magic. Yeah, Kryptonite right. and magic. Magic affects Superman. Yeah, I, um, I'm sure Superman has thought about punching Harry Potter into the sun a lot. I bet he has. Yeah. yeah. That's how, that's how he sleeps at night. Yeah. That's his ASMR is the, is Harry like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah, he doesn't want to punch uh, the Daniel Radcliffe Harry Potter into the sun. He wants to punch the Jim Dale Harry Potter yes. into the sun. <laughs> and the Jim Dale Hermione and the Jim Dale, uh, uh, Her- uh Ron. Yeah. I almost called it the Jim Dale Rupert Grint. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well punch Potter to the side. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, are you comfortable with Superman? I'm absolutely not, comfortable. And not taking Harry Potter and oh, making yeah. it separate? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I absolutely think that You know, Superman. that Harry Potter melody, I, I think I, I'm not encyclopedic with my knowledge of mm-hmm. the Harry Potter movies, but I think that is the main theme. Right. But it's, it's, if you look at the soundtrack, it's called Hedwig's Theme. Which is the name of his owl. Yes. Right? So I think it's, you know, supposed to be like an owl flying around. That's why it's so high and dainty a, ah. a little bit. Uh, but yeah, like it doesn't, uh, it's not as clear to me what it represents as Superman. Yeah. Superman. Yeah. Um, now we talked before, we're, as we move into the Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. uh, 
we're, I want to start at the beginning of their collaboration. Great. Sugarland Express. Well, That's the, right. Well, the, <laughs> the, the iconic begin, the beginning of their iconic collaboration, because yes. you mentioned intervals before. Mm-hmm. And this is, I have never heard two notes more intimately associated, not only with an animal, <laughs> a movie, or fear itself. Fear itself, right? Um, Impending danger. In danger. Yeah. Can you play those two notes? That's it. That gets closer. And that, to me, when we first started, when we first said this, what we were going to do, listeners, my first thought was, oh, it's Jaws. Yeah. Because John Williams did, in two notes... What I, it, it is mind blowing. You hear those two notes and you go, Ooh, shark. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Those, those two are the function notes, but I do want to say there's a lot of other notes involved. <laughs> too. Right. Yes. I mean, then it goes down to the, that's like a key thing. And then there's mm-hmm. this thing on top. Yeah. It gets more and more complex. Mm-hmm. It's like, but as, as the shark gets closer, the distance, it's closer, it's right. closer. But it, it's, it, it is definitely frenzy. true that. When the shark is swimming at people, it, mm-hmm. you definitely hear back and forth between just those two notes. I think it's when I was a kid, um, and we would, when my family would go swimming, uh, we, either in a pool or in the ocean or whatever, uh, my big brother would, uh, torture me into thinking that he was going to attack me in the water yeah. by simply going, <laughs> Gabe, quit it. Gabe, I'm serious. Gabe. Mom! <laughs> Isn't he your younger brother? No, he's my older brother. <laughs> it's my younger sister. I know, yeah. I know. You're the middle child. She'd scare me too. I was a very afraid child. Is there any music that represents a thing more immediately than that? I can't think of one. I don't know, man. And and yet, I think there... I, I just want to... I, I don't know that it's the winner, but no. it is, it is a very pure, pure. I just, pure? I just wanted to give it its due oh, as yeah. an absolutely pure. Here is what fear sounds yeah. like. Can, uh, and, and another great thing about it is it's become, even if you haven't seen Jaws, mm-hmm. you know that piece of music. It's, it has ascended above absolutely. what is a, what is a practically perfect movie. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's a bad movie and the theme came out as good. No. It's it's a, and, an all time film. And also, I I also want to say that yeah. the rest of the score to Jaws also phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And there's sure. a lot more musical material in the score that isn't that that you know people don't remember as readily. But it's all great. Yeah. Can can we go from the music that means shark to a music that means aliens are trying to contact us? Uh huh. Ooh, is this Close Encounters? I which is which is the next movie that they made together after Jaws, right? Yeah. It was Close Encounters. See, I hear that and I think, oh, it's the beginning of The Entertainer. Yeah, 
exactly. <laughs> That's uh, well. The alien was Scott Joplin. <laughs> the alien came out with the little straw and, Marvin, hat and yeah. cane. <laughs> Marvin Hamlish. Marvin Hamlish wrote the Entertainer, right? It, it was Scott Joplin. It was Joplin. Scott Damn Joplin. It. Marvin. Hamlish Are you sure it wasn't it. Tchaikovsky? <laughs> Scott. It was. It was a uh, Mo- uh, Provokia. Oh yeah, yeah. Marvin Hamlish. Provokia. Uh, yeah, sure. Arranged all the Scott Joplin music for The Sting. That is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Right. Um, there's something really. I, I think it might be the instrumentation. Because he used what a synthesizer, like a Moog. Yeah, something like that. They're playing it on. So it has the that like. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. And then when they communicate with the ship, and the ship blows out their equipment, mm-hmm. and they use uh, I forget the name of the, the uh, hand symbols that yeah, they use for the different notes. The is it like Guido Durezzo? Some it's uh, some like uh, yeah. odd. I'm, I'm doing it now with my hand, as everybody can mm-hmm. see. But the aliens know it for some reason. Yeah, that was never exactly explained. To, I think adequately. The and then a bunch of people come out of the ship. Right. Right. That's that is a movie. So I, I read that uh, Williams. Uh, I mean Spielberg specifically asked Williams for a musical signature. He described it as a a doorbell. He wanted the aliens to have a doorbell. Chime oh, cool. that uh, that they use to communicate with the Earthlings, and it, it's a little bit. I take a little bit of comfort in the fact that Williams like tried hundreds of permutations of notes before settling on that. He just kept throwing stuff at the wall, and that's what they decided on. But it wasn't like some flash inspiration. Mm-hmm. This is what it must be. Right. And I feel like. Okay, if I had 300 chances, maybe I could come up with that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. It, Though I don't know if I want Steven Spielberg saying no to me 299 <laughs> times. It's a no for me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, I think, similar to Jaws, it has ascended the film in, in which it appeared. Yeah. And for a while, I don't think it means the same thing now. Jaw, the Jaws theme persists, mm-hmm. but I do think it's a really interesting piece of music that is... And it's a plot point. Like, and it, it's almost right. overlooked. It's a musical theme as plot yeah, point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I, I'll give it extra points for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did want to say that, uh, you know, whereas Jaws is like the most representational thing you can think of, I mm-hmm. think, I, I think it does fall short of his other themes in terms of singability and right. m- melodic, melodiousness. Sure. I mean, it's intentionally not meant to be melodious, but, um, like these notes are hard to sing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I do want to, I do want to prize a little bit of singability as right. well. That said, I definitely take Jaws over, uh, over close encounters. close encounters. Well, let's move a little further into okay. the 80s. I'd, I'd say let's move into the 90s and then go back. Hang on a second. Why Wait, is that? Because I want to. I want to save act- the one that you he think is going to win. He didn't I write save that movie. The big one for for last. <laughs> no, he didn't write the movie about going back to the 80s. Darn it! <laughs> um, <laughs> but he did. Write another alien movie in Although the early the, 80s. That, that movie, that the theme to that movie does sound a lot like Yoda's theme, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, Yoda's theme. Right, and then uh, yeah, the, the Back to the Future thing. All right, Alan Silvestri, we are yeah. on to you. You are yeah. cheater. Yeah. Well, he can claim that he wrote it in 1955. I guess. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, Alan Silvestri, you are a pioneer. We appreciate your work. <laughs> All right, where did you want to go into the 90s? Because I can think of two more great epic 80s themes that he wrote. I kind of wanted to move. Forward. I want to go back to those. To I want to start. I think I want to start. And tell me if. If we need if to you go, say Crystal Skull, our show is over. <laughs> if we need to go further Memoirs forward. Memoirs of a Geisha. Yeah, I want to do that. I wanted to start with Schindler's List in okay. 93 yep. mm-hmm. and then work our way backwards from there. Okay. I don't think – not that he isn't also still doing great work, but I feel like that was the – that's the last 
iconic theme that wasn't a continuation of something he already did. Uh-huh. We've already covered Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Right. Would, would, well, Harry Potter was correct? out Harry, there. Harry Potter exactly. But we're already out. I mean, with right, Spielberg. Yeah, of, with of Spielberg as a collaborator. Yeah. Unless there's anything from like Tintin <sighs> that really Park. stands out. Uh, well, that, they're same year. Schindler's List? Schindler's List and Jurassic Park. I think Schindler's List came out first. And um, then Jurassic Park came out I after. Am, or I Schindler's List was 94. I don't remember. I thought Jurassic Park was 94, but I could be wrong about I, all of this. Well, let's start with Jurassic Park then. Okay. Yeah, there's Jeez. some great things. And again, these like big... I let you have the score. I'm like forcing you to flip through this digital songbook. Oh, what? No, it's all in my head. Oh, what that's are you right. talking about? I can, I cannot, <laughs> Hal can <laughs> see, Hal can see uh, your hands in the keys. <laughs> I'm looking over the back of the piano, so I assume that all of this is just in your brain. He's playing everything with one hand and giving you the finger this that's entire right. time. <laughs> that's what, I don't know. It, I have, I'm sorry to call you out, it John. Sound, it sounds like this. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see what just happened. No, you don't have to. You don't have to because it sounds like that. Yeah, use your imagination, dude. Oh my god! All right, so let's talk. Uh, Jurassic Park is another one of those that has these. It's big and grand and sweeping and yep. epic. But there are a few themes. I think there are a few different themes. There's a few great got. themes in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you just want to make noises over it? Be like, and then of course it culminates in, "We are dinosaurs! We are dinosaurs!" (laughs) I mean, this is what for for me personally. This is one of my all-time favorites. That to me, that to me doesn't, but it doesn't sound like Jurassic Park to me. That to me sounds like the movies, right? You know what I mean. Welcome to a retrospective of 20th yeah. century cinema. It is movie time. Get your popcorn now. Like, it's such a grand love letter to movies. I'm your host, L. DeBarge. The L stands for Larry. And we're here to talk about some of your favorite movies and the music that's part of them. Starting with this piece from Jurassic Park. Um, what are some of the other big themes that would... That, to me, is Jurassic Park. Yeah. That's like, here comes, I'm a T-Rex, I'm going to eat yeah. your head off. <laughs> Though, you mentioned before, and I love what you just did playing it so fast, because you mentioned before with the um, with the Force theme mm-hmm. that it can be played many different right. ways. So playing that one so quickly. Uh, you say go yeah. slow, too. Now play it in the, here's a challenge for you, play it in the least Jurassic Park style that you can. <laughs> What do you want, a sarsaparilla? <laughs> oh, God, that killed me. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so there's Jurassic Park. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's iconic... I don't know if they're going... I don't know if it's going to beat some of the other greats from Spielberg. Sure. But but well worth mentioning and absolutely worth the uh, ragtime version. Yep. Yeah. Just let me know when you want ragtime versions of all this stuff. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would buy that album in a heartbeat. <laughs> by the way, I mean, maybe onto something there. Right. Um, let's talk about Schindler's List. Yeah. yeah this is. Uh, I think what this piece of music does really well mm-hmm. is convey gravity and sadness. It perfectly underscores what it's in. It doesn't. I think sometimes a a, a theme. Even a great theme can overpower what's in front of it. But this just, when you hear it, 
if you've seen the movie, it flashes the images and the story. It it feels like uh, it feels like the music of of like my heritage as a mm-hmm. as a descendant of European Jews. That this is the kind of music that represents that culture mm-hmm. extremely well and conveys sadness and and weight. Um, it's just a great piece of music. Yeah, and it's it's. It was it's Yitzhak Perlman yep. did the played the right. did the solo. Yeah. So, so you uh, also have the in the recording in the movie you have the benefit of one of the world's greatest musicians, but uh, evoking you know every emotion. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. That it's it's not it doesn't go too far. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know relative to what it's about. It's really pretty understated. Mm-hmm. I assume something like this, if you're a composer, is a more difficult assignment to yeah. draw versus this. Is yeah, be a this, big was, this is a, this was an example where you know Spielberg didn't really know what exactly to ask Williams for here because mm-hmm. like the the idea of encapsulating. Those feelings uh, in music was kind of beyond him. Like, you know, he's had this great relationship with, with, uh, with Williams already by this point, you know, a couple decades long, but, uh, he didn't really give him uh, instructions for this and he was kind of blown away by how the pathos with which mm-hmm. he, you know, encapsulated the movie. And yeah. it uses a color palette mm-hmm. that feels like sort of like a klezmer. Yeah. No, that's right. It definitely uh, feels Eastern European for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, and it's epic and beautiful. I will say it's it it lacks if you if the singability of a tune is yeah. one of the things that we're looking for in one of in the great themes. Yeah, yeah. no nobody's walking around humming <laughs> yeah. Schindler's List. I mean, I, I admit I I only saw this movie once. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to it's, say. It's a very hard, hard movie to, to watch. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. I have definitely don't have as much experience with it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I yeah, man, what what what's, what do you, what can you say against it? Yeah, the, the craft is yeah. extraordinary in putting it together. I do like the if idea. If we don't pick this, are we monsters? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do like the idea of four guys around a barrel fire in Jersey going like, do, 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 I'm going to not play a ragtime. Please do. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, what would that sound like as a Gilbert and Sullivan number? Um, all right, let's move back to probably his most iconic score, which is Hook. <laughs> I loved Look, Hook. As a movie, I loved Hook. I don't hate Hook. I, I enjoy it a lot. And I can't, the music I can't is remember good. what the theme is, but the second I hear it, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, it's that. Um, I don't remember what the theme is. <laughs> I got it. So we can skip Hook. Right? We can skip Hook. Look, I did have that awesome. one song. I, run home, Jack. For an Oscar. I, uh, I once got to meet, um, I was with a group of students and we got to meet, uh, Sandy DeCrescent, who is mm-hmm. John Williams' orchestra contractor oh. for a long, long time, which means she she built his orchestra. She house. hires the orchestra. You want to build these strings? <laughs> Gonna take me another three weeks unless he got ten grand. <laughs> she keeps, uh, you know, she's in charge of yeah booking the orchestra for mm-hmm. for the recordings, and she said that Hook was the most difficult score to play. Really? Yeah. Really. It's just, Really, really demanding of. of well, sure. All he did for his other scores was ones and fives. <laughs> <laughs> there were fours and sixes in there. That's right. And that was it. Yeah. Ones, fives, fours, and sixes. Yeah. Those are all the numbers, right? I never watched Sesame Street. This one had 11s in it. That Ooh. made it very hard. So spinal tap. Yeah. Okay. That's anyway, I, I can't sing five. a theme from Hook. So great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so think, let's go so, further back. So let's, let's give that movie the, um, the means, the, cane. Of, the means of taking it off the stage. What do you call that? Uh, the, the the crooked cane. The crooked cane. Yes, okay. the crooked cane is coming for yeah, you. Hook. Yeah. Sorry. The uh, the uh, the spotlight broom. The, there you are. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta find Jack. You gotta find Maggie. You gotta find Jack. Hook is back. The and stage, it's pulling me off stage I think it's the yeah. Stage, stage, stage crook. Stage crew. Stage crew. Croup. 
Krupp, Krupp, the yeah, stage yeah. Krupp. Named yeah. it for Gene Krupa, oh, who would, had a hooked stick that he would use to right. drag other musicians <laughs> up the stage if they were if, uh, getting in his way. Um, the Color Purple uh-huh. is another song he's, is another film he scored. It's true. I do not remember any significant themes yeah, from it. I'm sorry, I, I remember don't. moments of that and film it, like, we should, vividly well. We should, again, take a moment to point out that like not being able to remember a theme does not mean that you don't like the score. Right. Like, right. Well, we talk about the seamlessness, too, yeah. of it. Like You may not even right. notice it. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's all meant to work subconsciously, and you don't have to be clocking this stuff for it to have its, to have its intended effect. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, but we're talking about a specific thing. Sometimes and the specific thing we're talking about is, yeah, very easily could go. Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, ba-dum. Ooh, well, are we, all right, are we there are yet? Are we there yet? We're there. Is there anything we need to cover before we that? We need to cover E.T. Yeah. And the only two E.T. giant iconic ones left, I think, are E.T. and yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah, and then Jones. we can include in Indiana Jones the other themes in those films. I know we right. skipped backwards past Last Crusade and Temple of Doom. Right. So. Uh, right, which has great stuff in them. Uh, but nothing, I don't think anything is going, from, nothing's gonna come out of Indiana Jones. No, of course not. That isn't, bum, ba, dun, 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 because that's, that to me is also, in the same way that those two notes in Jaws equal fear, those notes to me equal adventure. Sure. Ragtime version. <laughs> <laughs> Now that should have been playing when he when he had to run behind the gong at Club Obi Wan. <laughs> oh man, I love this album. <laughs> uh, all right, sorry. <laughs> I'll practice it later. So, so yeah, Indiana Jones had. What are some of the other big themes to come out of Indiana Jones? That uh, I really like the scherzo for motorcycle and orchestra from Last Crusade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that keeps coming back yeah. repeatedly. Uh, Marion has a theme. Yep. Another sixth theme, by the way. Oh, really? Uh, how's it go? It's a lay, it's similar to Leia. It starts the same as Leia, but then. See, that's funny. I totally thought that that was Leia's theme. Well, it's close. I get them confused. It's really close. I, when, you, when you started playing Leia's theme, I was like, oh, this must be a different part of Leia's theme. That's Leia, and this is Marion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are very similar themes. Oh, man, that's a beautiful thing. But again, it's come on. Look, I'm going to come out and say I think that indie was my favorite coming in here. This yeah. is okay. This is uh, it's got everything. It's yeah. Anybody can sing it. Mm-hmm. Anybody knows how it goes. How? What are the what are the lyrics to it? Because for me, it was always dun 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 dun. Oh, there are lyrics. Wait, what? There, what? There are <laughs> there are lyrics because when I was growing up in New York, uh, WPIX 11 would play this movie once or twice a year, and they always ran the same promos for it, and they sang lyrics to the tune, and it went, chased by Nazis, chased, chased by rocks, jumps the bad guys in a runaway truck, <laughs> he wins, wins a sword fight without a sword. <laughs> Cause he's indie, he's indie, it's it's Raiders Monday at eight. Yeah. Oh, who knew? Yeah, it's odd that they made that those the lyrics before even knowing it was going to be on WPIX on Monday at eight. At eight. Yeah. yeah, I mean that is 
Yeah, that's <laughs> come on, guys. Indiana Jones. That's you can't beat that score. Like yeah. nothing gets me more pumped. Yeah, it gets. It has an emotion that convey that it conveys immediately. Mm-hmm. It, it gets you there. Adventure. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, great key change. The, the that's what you're yeah. talking about. So uh, another story about the writing of this. This was Williams had two ideas mm-hmm. for the theme to Raiders. That was one. Please tell me the other one was the Schindler's List. Theme. <laughs> the other one was. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad he didn't use that one. No. I'm glad he saved that for later. And then the other one, he said, "Well, Steve, I also got this." <laughs> and and Spielberg said, "I want both." So yeah. this became the B section. Yeah, it's so good. It's like the the bridge, basically. Yeah, the bridge, of right? The, of the theme. Uh, but I think it is correct that this is the main one. Yeah. Um, now, before we outright say that it's Indiana Jones, we got, um, I don't think it's. I mean, it's the clear. It's the clear front Spielberg's runner, work. But we're missing. We're missing one of the greats. What's that? Which is the flying theme from ET. Oh yeah. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite movie themes. Yes. Maybe just because I love the movie E.T. so much. E.T. is alone. so good. We, yeah. all we watched E.T. together. Was it last summer? Oh, that's right. Outside. Yeah. We watched an outdoor screening at a friend's house. Thanks, oh. Karen. Of, uh, of E.T. last summer. And it's, it's, it's one of those movies that like, it was just great because, you know, we're sitting out. Maybe that was, this one to me is one of those ones that is personally, I love it so much because I have so many great memories of like sitting and watching that movie as a kid and yeah, oh my gosh, he's flying on his bike. And then to watch that movie underneath the stars in Hollywood with a bunch of friends. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just maybe it's just personal um a personal thing that I love about it. No, but I, it is a oh, it's I think so many beautiful. people love it's not I it is personal to you, but I think that feeling is something that all of us share because mm. that movie has been seen by millions and millions and millions yeah. of people. This is the theme I associate with E.T. more than any other. All right. Anyway, it's wonderful. It's It's so so wonderful. And it is so evocative of flying and wonder. And childhood. Yeah. By the way, that little piece of musical phrasing made me think of the theme from Temple of Doom. Oh, you're right. That's a good call. That's a really great piece of music. Oops. That's the yeah Temple of Doom, Temple the Doom. March of the Slave Children. Yes. Let me ask you a question, guys. Yeah. Of the Spielberg collab- Spielberg collaborations, Indiana Jones' main theme is coming out of there. I think so. As much yeah. as I love E.T., mm-hmm. yeah. which I love with all my heart and soul, the mm-hmm. whole score, mm-hmm. uh, as of this recording, the score to E.T. is at the top of both my list and my podcasting partner's Andy's list of the scores that we've covered so far. Really? Yeah. Uh, but but the full score. The full score. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're rating the whole experience, right. watching the movie, having the music tell the story. And the thing that we said about it was that it's – that movie was designed from the ground up to be carried by a great score. Right. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, consciously? Yeah. Oh, wow. Spielberg right. absolutely made it in – you know, having learned the lessons that he learned from Jaws and – Close Encounters about what Williams was doing for his movies. Mm-hmm. He uh, he left room for Williams to to do what he did in ET, and it's magical. It's nothing you know, nothing short of pure magical. Yeah. But but in terms of the individual melody, uh, 
Dun, da, dun, dun. I think I gotta. Yeah. yeah. How can you beat indie, man? Yeah. yeah. It's so a, it's iconic. It's just <laughs> iconic on top of iconic. It sounds like we're there. It's iconic. We have four. We have four. What are the we four? Have, uh, the, we have the force theme. The force wait, wait. theme. So it, uh, just to be clear, yes. you're, we're taking indie over Jaws as well. We're yes. taking indie over Jaws as well. Tell me why you think so. Um, I think because what you said before, the hummability, yeah. the yeah. melody of it all. Yeah. Um, and it, it serves the same function for a different emotion right. that Jaws serves. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, it's true. I don't think it's any less, or it's at least comparably representational of a feeling and a, you know, character and idea right. as Jaws is of uh, impending fear. Mm-hmm. Indy is, uh, adventure fun times. I yeah. also think the theme for Jaws evokes moments as well. I mean, it's certainly, you know what film you're talking about. You know you're talking mm-hmm. about a shark and you're talking about danger, but you're thinking about specific scenes. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I hear the Indiana Jones theme, I can run through the entire movie. In yeah, it mm-hmm. it stands for the character. Yes, even independent of the specific stuff you see the character doing, it right. tells you that there is a whole character behind this guy. That's what you know. That's one of the things that's so great about that movie is. It feels like, even after just seeing one movie, after seeing Raiders, it feels like it is one in a long line of movies that you love. Right. Yes. And Which is what they were going for because exactly they were basing right. it on the old 30s serials. Right. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, the, having that theme is what, you know, gives you that feeling that this is something that's always been, this is a guy who's always been doing this, and it's always been this much fun to watch him do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's indie coming out of that. So we have Indiana Jones. We have, I, we can eliminate, eliminate the NBC Nightly News, maybe. Well, Wait, I just want to take it out right away? Well, well, be, well I mean, if, among if, these, among the iconic John Williams themes. Nothing, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's thing beautifully. It does. It does. I know. Maybe I shouldn't take it out immediately. Uh, so we've got NBC Nightly News. Uh, we've got, uh, um, the Force theme. The Force theme. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. And Superman. And Superman. Well. I don't know why I needed to say those immediately after you every time you said them. Um, so you, so the audience just heard all of them twice. It's a musical. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, hey, but comedy is what we also are. So rule of threes. Can you say them now? I don't know. Can I? It's, uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. The force theme. Yeah, from it's Star not Wars. that easy. No, the force theme from Star Wars, NBC Nightly News, and Superman. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, those are some real good themes. I mean, they are. They are hard to beat. <laughs> I think I have a gut feeling that if we did a one, two, three, and all said our choice at the same time, of what, we, we of, would get down to two. What we think the winner is. Oh, what, do you th- what we think the winner is? Yeah. Okay. So I think I think for each of these themes, we've definitely talked about them. We've given yeah. their merits. Um, I think. Before we do, do that, let's yeah. just let's just go back to eleven-year-old John. Yes. And. You know, think about these things. The same guy wrote all those? I know. Yeah. It's amazing. That guy, and then all the ones that we also uh, eliminated already. Yeah. I hope Steven Spielberg sends uh, John Williams the world's biggest oh, uh, thank you card every year. It is year. not at all lost on on Spielberg. Yeah. Yeah. What Williams has done for it's him. It's a collaboration Absolutely. similar to me that Hitchcock had with Bernard Herrmann. Great call. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is another, like, he's another guy I think of for themes, but I really, I think of Psycho, I think about... I like the music of mm-hmm. I like I like his North music, Minor. but yeah. It's oh, not I mean, he's same. absolutely one of my favorite composers too, uh, Bernard Herrmann. But yeah, he doesn't deal in mul- you know really iconic melodic 
ideas as much as Williams did. 100%. But I also love his scores, to be clear. All yes. right. Are we going to do the count? We're going to do it? Yeah. I'm okay. just curious what, what we'll come up with. So I'll say one, two, three, and we'll each say it. Uh, okay. And then we'll, we'll see where we are. Wait, okay. Temper, Again, temper the choices temper. are NBC Nightly News, Superman, Indiana for, Jones, Indiana Jones, and Force, Force theme. theme. Okay. All right. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Indiana Superman. Jones. Wait, what did you say? I said Indy. Indiana, two Indiana two Jones, and a one for Superman. So those are our two finalists. Can I sell right. you either of you guys on Superman? Wait, who said what? I said Superman. You both said I Indiana, said Indiana Jones. Jones. Okay. First of all, any of these four I would be happy with. Yeah. yeah. Maybe NBC Nightly News would be kind of an odd choice. So I thought that we were going to eliminate that one first. I guess we it's kind eliminated. of did. We, yeah. Yeah. we eliminated gone. that and we eliminated and the, the fourth the theme. Fourth theme. <laughs> Interestingly enough. <sighs> because I think we, I think we eliminated it because we didn't call it Star Wars. We called it the specifically That's the Force true. theme. Well, it's yeah, it's not the main Star Wars theme, right? right. And Star Wars um, on AFI's list is is number one. It's the number one score. score. I think the, I think Empire Strikes. Strikes. That's what I mean, Star Wars the entire scores for yeah. for my money. Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back is the greatest score because he has to write music for. 90% of the movie or more. There are very few times where there's uh, no music. Yeah, there's a, that, that is a popular opinion among, yes. amongst John Williams nerds that, oh, yeah. that Empire is the best, uh, the best score. But, and among Star Wars nerds that Empire is the best movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Probably um, not a coincidence. No, it's officially the best movie because that was in one of our early episodes mm. determined to be that's, that's asked right. and answered. Of course. Um, yeah, why do you think it's Superman over Indiana Jones? I just, I, Superman came into that motion picture. Mm-hmm. He'd already existed, I think, for 40 years at that point, yeah. 40 years plus. And John Williams was able to create a theme for him that if you read a Superman from 19 or 1950s or you watch the um the old, old flagship cartoons that you go, "Oh, that's that's cool. Where's the Superman theme?" If you see <laughs> Superman now and you don't hear that theme, like I, I'm a, I definitely love Superman. I watched Lois and Clark for almost its whole run, which mm-hmm. didn't use that theme. No, didn't use that theme. Really disappointing. Yeah. Also, uh, the the current I haven't seen them, of course, but the current the uh, current ones DC movies they don't aren't use using them. that theme. Right? Justice League was the first one that incorporated a lot, incorporated Tim Burton's Batman theme. Oh, and really? Incorporated just phrasing of it, mm-hmm. and enough phrasing that you're like, oh, they understand that this music means Superman. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge deal to create a piece of music to represent a character that was already iconic everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you wrote the theme for Superman. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't do you a think, character do you think created that, that you that you made a theme? There's no, there's a blank slate with Indiana Jones. Yeah, but there's also something to be said for the character and the character's theme being born at the same time. Yeah, sure. I, he, you know, you can look back at the history of Superman and say that. At that this theme that he wrote encapsulates all of it, and that's great. But you know, with Indiana Jones, he makes you imagine the whole history of this character. That's that, true, uh, and he invents it. He invents. He he makes you. He gives you the feeling of a character that's had this long history, even when it hasn't. Yeah. Oh wow, that's a really good point. I hate to give. Like I feel like I shouldn't give up so easily, but. I- I don't. It's not like if Superman didn't win Indiana Jones one, I'd be mad about it. Right. I just love that we've gotten through this whole thing without talking about 1941, which is, <laughs> which is Ken, Ken, our producer Ken Plume loves, and he is the one that loves it. That loves it. So <laughs> we will not talk about any of the music. Is he gonna? Is he gonna cut in on the uh, editing when we say? <laughs> you, you're going to say, people of the world, the answer is <clears throat> 1941. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, he's going to cut out everything except where I said 19. He'll just edit together. The best score yeah. is 1941. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I can buy that. That it, it does give you, and it's it's so easy to sing. You only need to sing four notes. Yeah, for everyone to know what it is. Da 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 da. Yep. Yeah, that's it. And then all the rest of the notes are great too. <laughs> but uh, well, Superman only needs three notes. Da da da. Uh, I don't think you. I don't think you really get without. How? Don't look sad. We love the Superman theme. Superman. Yeah. Well, that's three notes too, isn't it? Da 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 da. Whatever. Three Look. notes. I can name that tune in three notes. I'm just saying. I just want to put up a fight. It's Indiana Jones. It's Indiana Jones. It's not, there's nothing better than no. Indiana Jones. It's beautiful. It's we, perfect. We never get to do this. When I do my people of the world, will you score it? Yeah, I'm going to get play whatever you want. If you want to play a medley of things, the, the, the floor is yours. First of all, uh, before I even do this, yes. just, uh, the, the, I just want to thank you. You've been long overdue to be on the show. I agree. So long overdue. <laughs> uh, we're so happy to have you. And thanks for lending your musical skills in the moment. It's my pleasure. Uh, to this as well. I know we've asked a lot of you in this episode. Yeah. And you did a ton of scoring for Thrilling Adventure Hour. Brilliant. Like we should, I don't, we haven't mentioned that that's how we know you. I assume most people who listen already know that. Uh, but. Also, uh, John is part of the Work Juice Improv. You know, one of the Work Juice players who has come over to do, uh, to score our improv shows as well. Mm-hmm. And you have your own podcast called Settling the Score, which you can get wherever you get podcasts. You can hear a bunch about John Williams there. But people of the world, you're listening to the greatest theme of John Williams' work and a, a canon of musical genius. That spans decades upon decades of all of the brilliant themes he's written. This is the best one. It might not be the most iconic to you. It might not be your favorite, but it is the best one in that it sets the stage for the films brilliantly. It creates a backstory for the character. And it just, it makes you smile immediately when you hear this. Does it not excite you and make you want to go watch not only Indiana Jones, uh, any Indiana Jones film, but everything that Steven Spielberg's ever done? If not, take a day off work, treat yourself, and when you're watching all of Steven Spielberg's movies, start with the one that is the greatest theme, 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark, which introduced us to Indiana Jones' theme. There it is. Asked and answered. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Sorry for I've Jonathan Diner fudged yes. an awful lot of it in there. I didn't practice you have the played whole. Played everything <laughs> off of an iPad, no less. Oh, just I, no, I, off of, that was yeah. one hand, and he was giving me the finger the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the finger song. <laughs> you are you are a genius. No. You are a a Jeopardy champion. I can't deny it. But more, more, more we didn't tell any Jeopardy stories. You said well, you can ask me questions. Let's get into that for a second. <laughs> I do have a question. Sure. Uh, but for, well, first question is, where can people find you online? Where do you want them to go? What website? What Twitter handle? Thanks a lot. Uh, it has been my absolute pleasure being on the show with you guys. Uh, I have been early adopter. I was an early adopter. I jumped at the chance to, uh, to write some, some music for you. Yes. Uh, uh, oh, let me also take the chance to return the compliment, uh, to Mike Furman. Because I remember that he has something nice to say about the score when he was on to talk about theme songs. And I want to say how much I love his song. His theme song. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's fantastic. Show. You guys played it for me before I wrote 
the score for you that I wrote. Yeah. And I may try to take careful note of what key it was in so that I ended my score on a big dominant note to lead into Mike's song. God, so that it so fits together. What you guys think about? Yeah, it is. But it's it's all it's long been my honor to uh, to open for his song. Uh, anyway, it's a real thrill to be on the show. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah, it, it would not be the show without your score at the top. Oh, uh-huh. sure it would, but <laughs> not as good. Would not it be as good? good? Uh, thank you. I can be. Found, what did you ask me? Uh, where can, can we be find you online? <laughs> Twitter handle, website. Yeah. I mean, we have the podcast, Settling the Score. Great. Uh, settling the Score. Uh, we're on Twitter at Score Settlers. You can also go to the podcast website, settlingthescorepodcast.com. I personally am at John Dinerstein. You can, uh, check out music that I've written at johndinerstein.com. Yeah. Yeah. There you uh, go. Now my Jeopardy question. Okay. The, the last, your your final episode, the episode that you did not win. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking. First about. of all, I love watching you go on a dominant run. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I was the, the true Philadelphia fan that I am. I was openly cursing anybody who got close to you, money about, <laughs> which they I'd rarely be like, did. F this butthole! Shut up, dummy. That's not like, how Philadelphians and talk. Once you got into a a, a rhythm with the buzzer, because I knew it's I know it's buzzer timing. It really is. So two, I have two questions about okay. that. One. Did you get any coaching from Brad Rutter? I got plenty of coaching from Brad Rutter, which is incredible to me. Uh, Brad Rutter, the all-time most money-winning Jeopardy champion, happens to be a friend of ours. Yes. And when I was going on the show, like I took him out to lunch and picked his brain, everything he could think of. He came over here and helped me train for buzzer timing, and I felt like I... Uh, had gotten asked to play in somebody's intramural hockey game and just casually got to train with Gretzky. That's how it felt to me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, that final episode, the, the final Jeopardy, they revealed that the first two people, they do not get it right. And you correctly bid enough that had you gotten yes, it right, bet, you would have been out of reach I of I bet the, correctly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a smile on your face. Did you think you had the right answer? Did no. you, did, you didn't know? Oh, okay. I didn't know. It, it, look, that was really hard. It was very hard. Yeah. What was the final Incredibly question? Incredibly hard. Uh, uh, it, something about... Robert, Robert Louis Stevenson yeah. was the oh, answer. Okay. It was like, I'd rather be... Like, I love something, this Something. Did you know that Robert Louis Stevenson went to Samoa? Yeah. Did no. you know that? Nobody knows that. Nobody no. knew. Not even he knew. No. Not even the Samoans knew. He just woke up. He's like, is that The Rock? <laughs> what am I doing here? And The Rock went, you're welcome. Exactly. Uh, that was how he figured it out. Uh, thank you for being yeah, here. Yeah, do you and have I'm, any Jeopardy questions? I mean, there's so many, but I don't. Yeah, but we're, we're done with the episode. Wait, go, at, go bug him on his yeah, Twitter page. I'll be on my Twitter. One more question, one more question. And then, I, then no, we'll no, wrap no. up. No, you have one more answer. He's got to give you the question. <laughs> I, my, my, my favorite part of the show in general is when Alex Trebek. If you want to manufacture Trebek, a question, you can just say whatever it is that you have to say and then, and add, then you'll make in the, this capital of Delaware. Oh, that's and, right. <laughs> that's what always blows me yeah. away on there. Yeah. When Alex Trebek goes through like the personal, cause I've seen, you load them up with personal facts. So they have yeah, something yeah, yeah. to ask about after the first commercial break. And whatever they like, it could be like, <laughs> I just survived a bear attack and I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm still in life support here at the podium. Excellent. And then he moves yeah. on to the next, like, <laughs> he's not listening to you, right? Uh, it in varies. this television show. <laughs> it varies. Sometimes he'll come back and have a lot of things to say. Uh, and then, yeah, there's clearly some where he's like, I don't want to even make it look like I'm paying attention to this. <laughs> yes, I'm getting paid no matter what you yeah. say. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, 
All right, those are my questions. All right. No other questions. If you have questions for John, find them I'm on Twitter. I'm going to ask them offline. At yeah. John Dinerstein. You've been very, very kind and indulgent to talk about it. You have oh been gosh. very kind and indulgent in this whole uh, experience. So this topic is closed. But there are many more topics to discuss, so please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets. Check out the Maximum Fun subreddit or email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. Share your favorite John Williams scores, gifts from those films. Uh, talk about what your favorite theme is. Uh, let's talk about music together and celebrate the genius of John Dynasty and do that at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, QA engineer Jen Alba and graphic designer Uri Kelman. And thanks as always to our musicians. Hey, you're welcome. I'm looking him in the eyes to say <laughs> yeah. this. Thank you. Uh, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song respectively. And thanks to you, our listeners. Uh, thank you. We, we had such a blast sitting here. Thanks guys. Uh, with John yeah. and, and it's all because you listened to the show and I hope you had a good time too. Uh, for Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Agliardi. For Mark Agliardi, I'm Hal Lublin and don't worry everybody. We, we got. Forty-one guys, nineteen forty-one. The march from it's one of the most incredible, wonderful marches from a film. I I'm not gonna defend the film, but I will defend the march. Hi everyone, Ken Plume here. Uh yeah, I I just wanted to say that. Okay. Indiana Jones is okay too. Bye. We got, we got this. this. We got this. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.